Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. And like I always say, oh, well, I, I'm trying to make this a thing. Back like a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That can, that could be our tagline. Um, I thought KFC was our t- tagline. Well, still waiting for that. Um... Yeah. yeah, still waiting for that sponsorship. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, welcome back, everyone. Um, we just... finally made it through that message. Thanks for those of you who stuck with us <laughs> all this way. Um, and I, I hope that you found it useful. Um, just listening to our perspective on on some of the messages that uh, we do receive and questions that we get, and and we did feel that that particular message asked a lot of common questions. Yeah, and and I think the reason why that message was important to us was because it allowed us to share our perspective, mm. and part of sharing our perspective is sharing our story. Yes, And I hope you got to hear some of our story in our responses to this message. And that's one of the big things about Enough Room, stories. And we've sort of started with ours through this long Facebook message. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think now it's time to share maybe someone else's story and someone else's perspective. Um, A couple of months ago, I don't know whether it's pre-COVID or maybe just after yes, COVID. Yes, I think it was just before COVID, yeah. um, quite early on in the year. Yeah, we were invited to um, be guests on this uh, podcast um, by a lovely person named Catalina. And so Catalina joins us today. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Hello. Catalina. Hi. I must say, Joe, when you threw out the first, we're back like a boomerang, I just started cracking up laughing. I was like, that is such a good line. I know. Why hasn't anyone thought of it yet? This is how it happens. The Kiwis come up with these things and then the Australians uh, sort of take it and steal yeah. it. Let's, yeah. let's not go down that road. <laughs> You're outnumbered in this Let's case. not begin the discussion like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we're so thankful, Catalina, um, that you've been able to join us today. Um, like I was just saying, um, yeah, very early on, uh, with this whole COVID thing, you had invited us to be um, a guest on your podcast. Um, and so we wanted to have you on because we really enjoyed our time with you. Um, just to have a chat with you about your story and maybe gain a little bit more insight into your perspective. Yeah. Um, just find out who is Catalina. Who is Catalina? <laughs> maybe let's start there. So who is Catalina? Mm. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, Catalina? Yep, so I am a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. I am a mother. I am a wife. Um, But, yeah, I think there are a lot of things to say about me. Um, But, yeah, they're probably the the main things that I find uh, are important aspects of my life and things that I'm just, like, I cherish and things that I'm really proud uh, to be able to to be. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much a summary of me. I was born in Chile and came to Australia when I was six 
So my family migrated um, here. And yeah, so I call myself Australian, but then Australians look at me and they're like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'll have to explain the whole story of, um, I'm actually from born in Chile, but I've lived here most of my life. Um, and then, yeah, probably apart from that, I guess I studied um, architectural interior design, which basically focuses on, um, I work with architects uh, in the construction and design stage of buildings or residential homes. So I worked in that. Um, I then started my own business. I had uh, developers that I worked for in Brisbane. And then I had children and we decided that I was going to focus on our daughters. So yeah, that, that was pretty much from there on. So I just need to rewind a bit. Um, <laughs> did you say something about interior designing? Yeah, so I actually am an architectural interior designer. So you can um, focus on like the decorating and the furnishings, or you can focus on the construction side of de design. So that's what I do. I mean, that's the area I prefer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So on the construction side, because I don't know if you know, but Dan and I just recently got an apartment um, up the road from here. I did so. see your pad. <laughs> so as soon as you said interior designing, I was like, ooh, I'm ooh, here. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, ooh, we might need some help here. So my husband's a tiler, and whenever like people ask me, oh, so what do you do? And he's like, I work in construction. They're like, oh, really? And then when he says he's a tiler, automatically I feel like all these like ideas of tiling come into their people's heads, and they're like, I've been meaning to tile my bathroom yeah. for the last 27 years. I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. See, this is what you get when you're on a podcast with two gay guys and you mention interior <laughs> yeah. designing. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we hear. Let's do this. Yeah. We will make this work. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's interesting, though. Um, you said mm -hmm. you are originally from Chile. Um yeah. Random question, because I, I love to know about different countries, I guess, especially when it comes to language. Um, so does that mean you speak mm -hmm. Spanish or is it Portuguese? Sí, yo hablo español. Oh, there you go. Uh, Spanish. It's Spanish. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. yeah. So Brazil, every country in South America yeah. speaks Spanish except for Brazil. Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks wow. Portuguese. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. anyway, speaking of this yeah. whole coronavirus and everything that's happening in the world right now, I think you would have heard one of our earlier yes. episodes, Dan and I talking about how we cope with coronavirus. I personally uh, rely on the colonel to keep <laughs> me sane um, mm -hmm. throughout this time. So what about you? What have you been? And, and Uber Eats. And Uber Eats, yes. yes. Yes, Uber has been very grateful for our business. <laughs> yes. You're keeping the economy working. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, personally, I think, um, and I, I've shared this on my podcast as well, because I am already out in um, a semi-rural area of Queensland, so I live in Jinjin, which is no one ever really knows where Jinjin is yeah. in Queensland, so I have to tell them it's where Bundaberg is, where they make the Bundaberg ginger beer, and then people are like, oh, okay. Um, honestly, we weren't affected very much by COVID. I used to technically only going to town uh, into Bundaberg once a week um, I was used to just being at home I locked in the four walls of our house and I was already used to binging on internet so really nothing has changed 
Right, so it's just the same old year for you. <laughs> it's the same old, same old, but I just have probably more land space to sort of walk around on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, honestly, nothing has really impacted, apart from the fact that we can't visit our family in Brisbane as much. Yeah. And then when we go to Brisbane, we forget that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're just like, hey. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that's right. Um, so, yeah, but apart from that, really. I can be really thankful that nothing much has changed or affected us. Yeah, that's oh, that's one of the great things. I'm looking forward to coming up to um, Brisbane as soon as the borders mm-hmm. open again. Um, now, you mentioned that you were an Adventist Christian. Yes. Mm. Um, were you always an, uh, an Adventist Christian or no. is this like a recent thing? Or So um, basically in South America, by default, you were born Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the predominant faith um, there. So... My family were basically Catholic um, in in what they would associate themselves as. I don't think they really understood the differences between different faith groups anyway. Um, but, yeah, so I was brought up Catholic and uh, at the age of 14, my mum was friends with some Adventist people uh, within the Spanish community in Brisbane and one of the ladies there invited me to church. And my mom just saw all churches as the same. The only thing she was like, oh, you're going to take my daughter on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. That was probably the only thing where she was like, oh, that's a little odd. Um, And yeah, that's basically when I started attending the Seventh-day Adventist church. I really understood uh, their beliefs, but I honestly don't think I had a conversion experience until I was 21. So from the age of 14 to the age of 21, I... Yeah, believed in the Adventist message. I understood that it was very biblical, but I don't. I didn't experience a conversion experience until twenty one. Mm. Wow. I I know that a lot of our listeners are both. Well, some of them are Adventists, some of them are not. Um, but the idea, I guess, and especially for Christians, the idea of a conversion experience is, I think, something that we all share mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. That moment of sort of meeting jesus yeah um and i didn't put this down i sent you a list of questions (laughs) (laughs) uh, to prepare for this uh podcast but i don't know if you'd be comfortable maybe sharing a bit about what that conversion experience was for you yeah so my conversion experience um i think god just in the gentleness of who god is i think there were many different things that led to my conversion however there was one distinct event um which really impacted me realizing that uh, God needed to be everything in my life. Mm. Um, And there was just some stuff that happened um, in our marriage. And um, I just got to the point where I was like, you know, marriage is difficult to begin with. Um, And I think just when other factors are added into it, it just makes it a little bit more challenging. Mm. And it was just at a point where I was like, you know what, I'm like, I don't think I can rely on any person. I don't think I can trust anyone. I just am at a point where I think, you know what, it's probably, I'm at a point where I can just walk away from everything. And that included who I was as a Seventh-day Adventist, who it was um, as, a, as a wife. And I just remember saying, but God, I know you can get me out of this. Like, I know you can fix me. Yeah. Not the situation and not all the factors that had to be taken into consideration, not my marriage, but I knew that he could work and, and fix me, fix the pain, the betrayal, all the insecurities, all the dysfunctional needs. That I, I knew that God could fix it. Um, and, yeah, it was at that point where I said, all right, God, it's, it's you and me. It's yep. not you and me and my husband and his family and the church and um, the denomination. It was just me and God. And, and that basically was 
one of the really, I think they were one of the most crucial moments in my faith because it just mm. showed me how much God is, is all that we have. Mm. Um, and then I believe I had a second conversion experience. Um, and that was just recently, probably about three years ago. And it was basically the same reminders that yeah. we tend to depend on humans a bit too much um, and yeah. we put a bit too much of, of our emotions and our trust in humans when God's like, hey, trust me, I can hold your heart better than anyone can. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was another really, really encouraging, uplifting experience. Painful, but encouraging at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love I love the picture of God that you really brought out um, in something you said where you said, you know, God in his loving patience. I think mm. that's what you said. Mm. Um, and I totally, totally believe in that. Like there are days when I'm sitting on the train or just like sitting around in general because I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking of how far God has brought me mm. to where I am today it sounds like a song um but but it's so true Mm. um like i was born in fiji um and then my family moved over to new zealand we lived there for a while um and then now i'm here Mm -hmm. and to just be able to look back yeah even during the times when i may not have been you know as close to god as i would like to have been um when I was maybe out at the clubs or somewhere else, wherever life had taken me, even in those moments, looking back now, I just go, wow, God was with me. He Mm. was so patient with me. Would you agree with that, Catalina? Oh, and I will honestly tell you, in the last conversion experience, and I look, honestly, I don't think that it's a, a completely like a full conversion, but I think just God revealed an even greater depth of his love and his long suffering in this mm-hmm. second conversion experience that I call it. Um, because of the very fact that this time it was issues with God. Like I didn't trust God in this second conversion experience. And God was just so patient with me. Um, I, I compare it to an adult throwing a tantrum at the shops because they didn't get a lolly. That was literally me just on a spiritual level. Um, And I was very, very bitter towards God because of the way that certain things had worked out when I had trusted that he was going to lead in a different way. And Mm. God was so patient. He just waited for me to stop kicking and then just was ready for me when I had calmed down and he picked me up and he gave me a hug. Um, And it was just such a beautiful image of God Mm. that um, I guess for me as a parent, I know what it's like having children throwing tantrums um, and because (laughs) they don't get their way. And just to see, just to see the gentleness of God's way of responding to me, giving me my time, giving me my space, but being ready for me when I was ready. Like it was just such an awesome experience that I'm so thankful for. Um, But yeah, like I've mentioned um, for those who do listen to my podcast, there was I was ready to turn my back on God and be like, hey, you know what, deuces. Thanks for the journey thus far, but I'm ready to, I just don't yeah. trust you either and I'm ready just to live my life on um, how I want it because it was, I just couldn't trust him. And I think it, that's one thing that for me has always just been so uh, powerful about, about God and his char- character is that it doesn't matter how many times we may turn our back on him or threaten to turn our back on him or or lose trust in him um reject him whatever it may be he he is always there when we 
when we need him and yeah. and he conti- and he's not just there when we go looking for him he he actually seeks us out and he comes to us where yeah. where we can be found and and that to me has always just been so powerful to 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 know that but and experience that um just that that god will go out of his mm-hmm. way to to speak to us and um it was interesting listening to to you talking about you know your conversion experiences and and just thinking back on on my own experiences and thinking about how it it really it it often is in those those really dark moments where you suddenly seem to have that that epiphany and that experience with god where he reveals himself to you again and reminds you just how much he loves you and that he is all you need mm. and and that he will carry you through it mm. and um i th- think that is it's just really powerful to know that even in those darkest moments god is still there and and often that is when you will see him really shine in your life mm. Mm. we get a few messages every now and again from um young people um or young lgbt Q plus Christians mm. who um, mm-hmm. are sort of at a point where they're like, I can't stand church and I can't stand some of the stuff that's mm-hmm. coming out of the church that is genuinely hurtful mm. or mm-hmm. isn't the same way that I see God or see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one particular young um young lady who messaged me and she was also an Adventist Christian. And she said, you know, I'm weeks away from walking away from all of this. Mm-hmm. And to a person like that, you know, um, I, I love how you said, you know, it's not about the denomination. It's not about um, yeah. whether it be your partner, whoever it is, it's about um, Jesus. What, what would be the advice you'd normally give to someone like that? I, I honestly, um, I've done a lot of work in the community representing Christianity, Adventism, whichever one you want to um, you want to label. Um, and I've always found that there is a degree of people that have been hurt by the organization, mm-hmm. whether that, and I have, in the ministries that I've worked with, you know, there's not one denomination that someone hasn't said that they've been hurt mm-hmm. by. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's the denomination I think it's just the reality of humans within an organization um, that tends to create painful experiences um, and a lot of damage. But what I always tell those people, because, you know, once we have the conversation and they know that I'm Adventist, they'll say to me, you know, but I'm I'm never going to be an Adventist or I don't want to be an Adventist. And I always tell them, I'm not here for you to be an Adventist. Mm. I'm like, you know what? God has called me to encourage you to stay with God encourage you to allow God to reveal the fullness of who God is. Mm. I'm like, and the denomination, like God will guide you to that. Mm. I have no desire for you to be an Adventist. Even though I fully love and embrace the Adventist message, it is a biblical message. But at the same time, like my role as a disciple of God is not to baptize you as an Adventist or under a specific name. My job before God is to make sure that I can vindicate God's character Mm. and help you as a person who has been hurt by people 
is to encourage you and to impress on you to continue to seek God out. And once you seek God out, I fully trust God will guide you to where he wants you. And it may not be an Adventist church. Maybe he'll send you to another denomination because that's where you'll be safe. That's where you feel welcome. Mm. That's where you'll be embraced. But at the end of the day, I think everyone will come to know biblical truths to the extent um, of what is found within Adventism and and beyond. Mm. You know, I, I believe that the Word of God is is the truth, regardless of whether it falls under my denomination or someone yeah. else's denomination. So, yeah, I'd encourage I encourage those people not to give up on God. If if church has become an area where you just it, it's not somewhere where you go for worship and refuge and community and fellowship. Mm. Take a break. I always encourage people, take a break, but just remember that there is a blessing in being part of the body of God. Yeah. Um, and don't reject that blessing, knowing that it's there, but go to it when you're ready and when God guides you there. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Um, and in case anyone's listening and they're like, I really like what she's saying. <laughs> I'm actually digging what she's saying. Well, you can listen to more of uh, Catalina on her podcast, um, The Connected Adventist. Would that be correct, Catalina? Yep, Connected Adventist podcast. Pop us on pause, go and subscribe. Because, um, yeah, I feel like I'm listening to you and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'll just, I'll be honest. I can't say that my faith looked like that all the time. Um, I will be totally honest. There, is, there definitely was a point within um, my faith where I was like, everyone needs to be an Adventist and mm. I will I will show you how truth the Adventist church is. So I will admit that is not somewhere where I can honestly say I have always been um, at that place to be at complete peace with God doing the work. I did feel it was my position um, to let you know about the 28 fundamentals of, of my church and the, the fundamental beliefs. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely in a position where I see. I feel like that's just just how Adventists are, are bred. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone needs to join the faith. That's how we come out of those borders and we're ready to go. But, yeah. look, honestly, and in saying that, in all transparency, I think everyone, when they have, when they have seen new light, um, and when I saw the beauty of mm. Adventism for myself, and this was after my baptism, but when I saw the beauty of Adventism and when I saw what it was and how it was reflected through the Bible, I couldn't help but share that. Um, mm. Did I go about mm. it in the best way? Most certainly I didn't. Um, but at the same time, I do believe that, uh, you know, I have friends from all denominations and, and I've seen them zealous for their message and, yeah. and I've seen them trying to share, you know, their beliefs with me. But I believe that we are all in a position where we're like, thanks for sharing. I'm definitely going to go pray and I'm going to go study that out. Yeah. Um, we both trust in our walk and that we are willing to look at things, um, even if, if they are slightly different to what we both believe. And then if mm. we don't agree with it, hey, we can still hang out. We can still sit and do a Bible study on another topic, and, and that's completely okay. So, mm. um, yeah, it, it definitely is a place where I think when, you, when you're on fire with a new truth or with some something that you just want to <laughs> share, I think you just naturally want to share that with yeah. people. I mean, we have biblical examples. The demoniac was told not to go, and what did he do? And he went and told the yeah. Pharisees. Um, yeah. The Samaritan woman, the first thing that she went and did was to tell everyone in her, in her town and in her village so it's a natural yeah. response to having an experience with truth. Um, but I guess yeah. just the way we go about it is what really um, makes the difference. 
Yeah. Mm, no, absolutely. And you talk about, um, you know, coming in contact with people you um, may disagree with on certain things. And it's interesting if you if you've listened if you've been listening to us so far, um, you may not actually know that Catalina and Daniel and myself actually disagree on uh, one particular thing. It's sort of like <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> Um, we, just, we just haven't told them yet, but we're just, we're yeah. just telling you all now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's when it comes to, um, you know, being fully affirming of LGBTQ plus Christians, um, especially in terms of Daniel and I, where we are uh, going to be married soon and being fully affirming of that as well. Um, and mm. correct me if I'm wrong, Kathleen, <laughs> but but that's something mm-hmm. we don't necessarily agree with, um, or we don't agree with each other on that. And you you're involved in so many projects, and you're speaking with so many diverse people like ourselves. Uh, you know, you've got your podcast, the Connected Adventist podcast. Mm. You've got your um, YouTube channel. You're now getting into TikTok. Yay. Um, <laughs> branching out um you know you're dealing with so many different (laughs) projects and people and so my question is when you're dealing with all of these diverse groups of people what has that taught you about god and who he is one thing that i think and i guess look if i'm honest about the whole situation i think i have learned many of much of who I am now when I am going into discussions where people think differently to me, they have different beliefs. And this is not just within Christianity, but inclusive of in Christian circles and, and within Christian denominations. I have learned through mistakes um, a lot of things. And um, your interview includes that. Um, so I learned a lot uh, through the interview that I did with you about how to approach certain topics. But For me personally, I think I've just come to the point where I don't, I intentionally do not want to be around people that think the same way as me. Um, I know for me personally, within my own spiritual walk, uh, there is conservative Christians and then there's liberal Christians. Within, you know, countries um, in America, that's that's very much attached to politics. In Australia, I don't believe it's it's, it's as it is in America. Um, conservative Adventist or conservative or liberal Adventist is very different when you the images that those sort of terms uh, put into your mind is very different to what it would be in another country, especially um, in the United States. But I I hung out with extremely conservative Christians and as a result, there were many ideas that we had. Um, I believe in amongst that we had many biases and prejudices mm-hmm. with regards to liberal Adventists mm-hmm. and liberal Christians. And God really shook me out of that when I actually became involved um, with a discipleship mm-hmm. course, uh, which is called Arise, which is from Kingscliff, um, Kingscliff um, Church. And when I went there, I was forced to associate with people who were very different to me. Mm-hmm. They were what I would have classified at the time, very liberal yeah. um, in the way that they, you know, expressed their faith um, in terms of um, many things, um, but for me, what they were, what I classified as liberal um, Christians, and as I spent time with them, I realized that they were probably more spiritually connected to God 
and had a deeper love for God than what I had seen within my Adventist conservative circles. Mm. And that was probably the first experience where I was like, okay, I really need to not be so closed-minded to interacting with other people because it may actually do more damage Mm. uh, for my faith and for the way that I see people. And in addition to that, I began doing a lot of community work um, in our little town here and I understood what people perceived me as being as a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, Mm. There were a lot of people that did not understand my faith, they did not know my denomination, they just assumed Mm. we were like the Jehovah Witnesses. Um, Mm. There were so many things that people thought about me because I didn't represent my faith in any way or interacted with people so that they could see that Adventism was more than just another Mm. version of Jehovah Witnesses Mm -hmm. or that we were a cult or anything like that. So I just saw the benefit of being involved with people that thought differently to me and the danger of always being around people that only thought the way that I thought. It sounds like you've been definitely been on a journey. I, I remember myself um, going to Arise and very different, um, I guess, experiences, but uh, at the same time sort of coming out the other end with a, uh, a similar um, expanded mindset in in mm-hmm. what it means to really share your faith and and how important it is just to get to know people and just to get out there and and be yourself and represent um, your faith as a as an individual faith and um, yeah I think I, I I really appreciate your approach to not wanting to just stay connected with people who who always agree with you or think the same way as you, but actually branching out and and getting to know people who do think differently and actually making that a bit of a focus. Um, I, I, that I think is is rare these days, and and I, but yet something that I think is so powerful. Um, mm. And I think it's it's certainly something that we would love to explore more with you. Mm but we will probably have to leave that until next week. Well, let's yes, do it. and we'll uh, catch up again next week, Catalina. Sounds good. And uh, hopefully by then we can know what your, uh, what your TikTok handle is as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll chat with you soon. Uh, that's good. See you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.